0: If you're looking to improve your leadership in a measurable way, go to transformativeprinciple.org mastermind to see if you qualify to join a group of like-minded people who are ready to be the best principals in the country. Welcome to this special edition of Transformative Principle. As usual, uh, when I go to a conference, I like to grab some of the people that I am talking with and get a quick interview done. And today is no different. I had the great Jimmy Casas. He was able to sit down with me for a few minutes. I've been excited to talk with him for months, maybe even years and he's so inspirational and just a great conversation. So I hope you enjoy this. If you want the show notes, go to org and search for Jimmy Casas in the Who Do You Want to Learn From search box. Once again, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. There are so many other great interviews. I hope you'll take a minute to go through and listen to about the 150 other interviews don't listen to all of them at once, you'll probably, um, your head might explode. So just find one that sounds interesting. Use the who do you want to learn from uh, search box or click on past episodes at the top of transformativeprincipal.org. Find one that'll help you change your school today. Thanks so much for listening. Here's my interview with Jimmy Casas. all right welcome to transformative principal very excited to have jimmy casas here who uh is we're fortunate enough to have him presenting at the alaska principals conference this week and so we're going to touch base a little bit about what he's presenting about and what he's uh doing that is really exciting so jimmy thank you so much for being here principal of bettendorf high school and uh founder of the what great educators do differently conference which you just wrapped up in kansas city is that right
1: yes that's accurate uh, thank you yep had a great turn out there in kansas city and uh just feel very fortunate to have the opportunity to spend some time with very passionate educators who, quite frankly, I think want to be the change, right? That, you know, How do you get um, you know, a movement going where you're bringing uh, passionate educators who really want to make a difference together and believe they can actually make a difference? And one of the things we talk about there is, you know, here's your opportunity this weekend, because the conferences are usually on Friday and Saturday, is to really come together with like-minded people who are as passionate as you are who aspire to inspire others and aren't afraid to share their greatness with others. And so it's just, uh, once again, it, started, it was our third conference, and I just feel very, very blessed that it was very successful.
0: Cool. Well, it's a conference that I've wanted to go to, haven't been able to yet, and uh, thankfully you told me earlier that you are planning more conferences, so I'm looking forward to that. When you come out and you speak to these different groups, because you do this frequently enough that it's you're talking to a lot of people, what is it that you're really trying to help people understand that they can't get from somebody who's there. What is bringing someone else in to talk about stuff? How does that help the the people you're talking to?
1: Well, I think a couple things. I think what I, you know, I try to do is and hopefully that resonates with with others is number 1 is I do still think it's a really isolated profession and for many reasons, right? My experience has shown to me that we're always evolving in this role in leadership and that, you know, none of us have it figured out, but hopefully you know, my words or my message inspires others to always remember that there are people out there who are in the same position that they're in that are trying to do the best job that they possibly can. But the reality is this leadership is really hard. And, um, And so I think what happens is, you know, after doing this job for 22 years, I feel like I have something to share, right? Something to offer. And so it's really important to me that us in this profession, in terms of leadership of schools, whether you're in a classroom or whether you're in a school or you're in a district leadership role, is that we have a responsibility to give back to our profession, to help others, to grow our profession. And I always talk about it, if if we ourselves don't do that, then who's going to do that for us? And so, you know that's what i try to do is try to be available to others to share from my experiences you know i tell people i'm not the same principal i was when i first came into the role that i am today and i know that i won't be the same leader 10 years from now because we're always evolving because the variable always changes and you know i always share with people we never have it figured out and so hopefully you know i like to think that you know i'm pretty genuine about my stories and and, and what i try to do but it's really important to me i think when we look at what happens in schools today is is that there is so much, what I usually talk about is that there's so much average, not just in our schools, but quite frankly in our world. And yet there's also so much greatness. So how do you take all those pockets of excellence that are everywhere? And how do you begin to create a network of excellence? How do you take that then to a system of excellence? And if we don't believe we can do that, then I'm not sure what we're doing here, right? You know, you have to have a mindset that you actually truly, truly believe that you can make a difference because if not, then I'm not sure how we could ever continue to do this job because I think we become disingenuous. I think we become fake and I think people figure that out pretty quickly. And so anyway, so hopefully, you know, people feel that they can, um, You know, as I say, we're trying to always collect more dots so we can connect people. And that's what I love about this work is going around the country trying to connect great educators with other great educators so we can continue to move the needle in this profession.
0: Yeah. So one of the things that you said is that leadership is is a lonely profession. Can you talk about why you think it's lonely and why we whether we make it lonely or if that's something that is just a part of the part of the issue of being a leader?
1: I think part of leadership, anytime uh, you make the decision that you want to go into that role or whatever that leadership role is, I think a couple things happen right away. I think number one is you become immediately vulnerable. I think you're in a position now that your decisions are going to impact others. And when you begin to make decisions then unfortunately sometimes those decisions do not align with other people's ideas or thoughts or feelings or whatever happens to be the case. And so I think there's that immediacy of what happens when you step into that role that I always tell people, you know, all of a sudden you become a they, right? And what is the they? And we create the theys, right? And that's part of culture. And, and, you know, I tell people that you know, when you, we use the word they, that's kind of a culture killer to me because usually it doesn't come with a positive connotation. And so, But it is isolating for many reasons because I think at the end of the day, you are still ultimately responsible or at least feel ultimately responsible for whatever is happening in your organization, whether it be a school or a business, your home or wherever that is, is I think people who take their job really seriously want really good things to happen for others. And so when you give your life to leadership, you give your life to service. And sometimes what happens when you do that is you end up giving more to others uh, than sometimes you do to your own family, to your own children. And so I think it's really important that we continue to surround ourselves with excellence so we have others who can help fill our cup, right? Or those who can uh, lift us up when we get down. And I also know that You know, at least from my personal experience, I feel like when we reach out and help others, we also fill our own cup and we also lift ourselves up. And so we always have to remember that. And so part of becoming a leader or moving into that role is I do think that vulnerability sometimes causes us to become somewhat feeling isolated, feeling lonely, feeling that, did I do the right thing? Did I make the right decisions? And the pressures that come with that, sometimes the pressures that others don't know about. And so I think what happens is, especially in this day and age, with the connected world that we're in, I don't think there's any reason ever to feel lonely anymore, that we should at some point recognize that You know, there are many ways that I can reach out to others and connect. And one of the things I love about our profession is that people always want to help. I think it's a very genuine profession. I think people are very empathetic, very compassionate, very understanding. And I think that it's our responsibility to reach out to others and not be afraid to ask for help, not be afraid to share our story, not be afraid to say, hey, you know what? I'm not quite sure I know what I'm doing here. Uh, But again, that's that vulnerability piece because most people in leadership roles have a lot of pride and want to do a good job.
0: Yeah, and and that pride can be a driver to get us to that position, but it then can be something that holds us back from asking for help, you know. And so I've seen in my own experience that the drive that's taken me to where I am has been beneficial to get me there. But now that I'm there, when I don't know what to do, then it's sometimes difficult for me to ask others for help. My real problem, though, is that I don't know what I need help with, Exactly. And so being able to actually define the problem enough so that I'm not like unloading on somebody about all these personnel issues or kid problems or whatever the issues are. How do you define a problem in a way that you can actually ask for help clearly and confidentially without exposing somebody else's things that you shouldn't be exposing about them?
1: Well, I think one of the things is, I think you make a great point, I think one of the things we ultimately do, or I should say immediately do, is we feel that we have to figure it out all by ourselves, and we don't have to do that, which is why I think it's so important uh, that, number one, is leaders, that we take time first to invest in others, and I think by investing in others, to me, it's the first step to building capacity, right? Because I do know, you know, when I first started, I'd share with people all the time that when I first started, I honestly thought I could do it all by myself, right? You know, I'm young, I'm energetic, I'm passionate, I've got a drive, I've, I've got a, you know, I know where I want to go. I've got goals and I'm, you know, I've in my mind at that time. But again, it's just that immaturity. It's that inexperience. that's that, it's the um, inability to even understand what the role is really going to ultimately mean, right? It's just, you're just naive. And so, but it came from a good place. I mean, it came with good intentions because I really felt like I could make a difference. I want to make a difference. And so that energy, but after a while, what you figure out is look, you know, did I was able to do it for, by myself. Yeah, for a very short amount of time. Wasn't as successful as I could have been. Certainly wasn't as effective. So what you learn eventually over time, because you mature into the role and you grow into the role, is you figure out, hey, there are other ways I could do this that would be much more effective. And that is, is how do you build a team? How do you build capacity? How do you do the shared leadership, the shared vision, all those things that come with it? So I think the, to answer your question, Jethro, is to say this, is that when you surround yourself with a team of people, and you cultivate a trusting relationship, others will be there to protect you and to let you know when you are misstepping, when you aren't necessarily, when you've lost your focus, when you're necessarily not going down the right path. And, And if you can build those relationships where people genuinely care about you, they want to protect you. Because as I always say, look, my job as a teacher, I want to make my administration look really good. When I was assistant principal, I want to make my principal look really good. When I was a principal, I want to make my superintendent look really good. And if I ever decide to become a superintendent, I'm going to want to make my board look really good and my community look really good. So, you know, again, I think part of our responsibility is always to recognize that we don't have to do this job by ourselves. And ultimately, you won't be able to do it very long. You will not be able to sustain it for very long. And there is a price to pay. You know? It's not that we can't do it. And I think that's what's really important. So even when we talk about leadership, it's really important us as leaders that we remember. We have classroom leaders, office leaders, secretary leaders, paraleaders. And we have to take care of our people. Because if not, not that they can't do it, but you know as well as I know, I don't care what role you're, you are as, as an educator, quote, in a school, is that we have a responsibility to take care of our people so we don't burn them out because they will not be able to sustain that. And even if they do, it'll come at a heavy price, and usually that heavy price is burnout, And uh, which is why I think we're much more effective, a much more uh, joyful school or, or staff if, if we're really taking time to take care of each other.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So really powerful things that you said there. One of the things I want to talk a little bit more about is why is it so important to make your the person above you – look good and why why does that matter so much and talk about just talk about that yeah
1: and i'm not sure it comes with with that intentional but i guess what i mean by that is this look we know what our responsibility is we know what our duty is we know what our obligation is most people who go into education go into it i believe for the right reasons and that is they truly want to serve others they want to make a difference And so I think just inherently, there is something that goes with, look, if I put others before myself, then people not only are going to recognize that, but I think it's going to serve the greater good, right? Whatever that greater good is. And I do believe in karma. I do things, the people who do good things, good things come back and happen to them. And so... I think, you know, one of the things I love about our profession, it's just very unselfish, right? And so I think people who continue to and have that perspective and have that level of maturity, I guess, or that insight where they say, look, it's not about me, it's never gonna be about me. And our focus needs to always remain what's in the best interest of our students, what's in the best interest of our staff as a leader, what's in the best interest of our parents, our community. And again, we're not perfect. You know, we talk about these things as the oh if we just do that. Well, it doesn't work that easily, right? There's always other variables that come into play. There's always situations. But the bottom line is, are you able to reflect? Are you able to take that reflection and then say, you know what, learn something from that and then take some action to improve that and continue to strive to be better every day? That's all we can do in this profession, whatever your role is. None of us are perfect, but it certainly doesn't give us a reason not to continue to strive for excellence.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, just adding to that, when we are just focused on making ourselves the best we can, we can help our students better. We can help our our leaders better. One of the pieces of advice that I got when I was a young administrator was to never blame someone above you for a decision that is made. And no matter what it is, you're the leader that they're talking to, you own it and it's your decision. And, and that kind of goes along with what you were just saying that, you know, we got to support each other, can't be isolated. And then we got to help, you know, share the load because it is, it certainly is a lonely profession.
1: It's funny you say that because You know, one of the things I see sometimes and I work with young leaders, and I used to do the same thing, is, you know, there might be a mandate that comes down from central office. There might be a mandate that comes down from your student. never done that and that we're perfect. And sometimes maybe you need to make a decision to say, look, I need to take another route on this, but that's certainly not where we want to start. And so I think that's one thing that was a strength of mine always, is that I could always go before a faculty and say, hey, look, here's what we need to do. Here's why we need to do it. And, you know, people would say, where's this coming from? Who's making us do this? And I'll say, you know, my job was always to. Redirect them and say, Look, regardless of where it's coming from, we know the work that needs to be done. So let's figure how we're going to make this happen, how we can get through this, and how we can work it. And yet, how we can do it in a way that's still positive, that makes a great impact. You know, everybody's doing the best they can. And so, if there was some issue that needed to be resolved or taken on, then I felt that was still my role as a building leader to take that on, but privately, right? Proper place, proper time, proper manner. And again, not saying that any of us are perfect because whether in our situations uh, we feel things are coming at us, we get emotional, we don't always manage ourselves in the appropriate way. You know, I just share with someone in the next room here, look, you know, who has told me something that they have done. I just said, look, just remember your personal excellence starts over again today. So, you know, we're not perfect.
0: Yeah. And, you know, we had a situation with uh, student learning objectives, SLOs in our state last year, where we put them into place. And the way we dealt with that is we said, okay, we have to do SLOs and we're not going to create something some new piece of paperwork to keep track of all this stuff. We're going to do what we were going to do anyway and fold it into whatever this mandate is. And that kind of approach, that's how we how we help move things forward and don't get derailed by all these all these distractions. So, the last question I ask everybody is what's one thing that a principal can do this week to be a transformative principal like you are. <laughs>
1: Hmm, What can they do this week? Well, a couple things I would say maybe is, number one, just never lose sight of what your purpose is and where you're ultimately, what your role is, right? And so what I mean by that is this job is very difficult, very taxing, very demanding, and we know that. So what I've always shared with people in order to refresh ourselves and remind ourselves why we do what we do is make sure you're spending time with kids. Make sure you're taking time to talk to kids, Making sure you're taking time to engage everyone in conversation, right? Whether that's a student, whether that's a staff member, whoever it is. And recognize that everybody has a story and that it's our responsibility to know those stories, right? Which is why the relationship piece is so important because I still believe that everything starts there, right? The relationship piece is the most important piece in terms of how we move organizations because at the end of the day, it really comes down to Do people truly believe that you care about them? Do people truly believe that you treat them fairly? Do people truly believe that you have their best interest at heart? And I believe that if we do those things and remind ourselves that it is still a people business, and the most important and most precious commodity that we have is our children, and we can not ever lose sight of that. But then at the same time as a building leader, we've got to make sure that I always share with my staff, you're not the most important, but you're a really, really darn close second right there right because we've got to take we got to build communities that's what we do we build communities uh and create environments where people want to be a part of it because as we always say everybody deserves an opportunity to leave their legacy so
0: awesome well thank you so much people can uh learn more about you uh transformative org, where the show notes are and then casas underscore jimmy on twitter and anything else that you want to promote right now
1: nope just keep being the change our kids and our teachers deserve god bless everyone
0: Thank you so much. That was a great interview with Jimmy Casas. I hope you enjoy that. He did tell me afterward he is not the principal of Bettendorf High School anymore. I didn't know that. Sorry about that. Totally missed the ball. And hopefully he'll forgive me. But anyway, great interview super inspiring he did a great job presenting at our conference and really getting everybody amped up and excited to be there so grateful for him to come all the way out to alaska and what a cool experience from what i heard from people that was the best principals conference that they've had in a long time and cool thing is it was the 50th anniversary of the principals conference so really cool for that to be a powerful moment for us in the state of alaska Please, uh, if you don't mind, take a minute to rate this podcast in iTunes, leave a review, uh, make sure that uh, other people know about it so that we can help spread the word. And thank you to everybody who's been listening for so long. It really means a lot to me and have a great day. Transformative Principles is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network. Podcasts for educators by educators. Visit edupodcastnetwork.com for more great podcasts.